Hello, I'm attorney Stephen R. Golden of Stephen R. Golden and Associates. Our firm is a full-service law firm dedicated to the middle class and businesses. We excel in areas of business and real estate, law, and litigation. Our firm can also reduce your debt through negotiation or bankruptcy. Our attorneys have experience in wills, trusts, and probate, helping you to maintain your family's wealth and pass it on to your loved ones without taxes. For a free consultation, give us a call at 626-228-2710. That's 626-228-2710. Time to dive into another hour of Living by the Word, and it is sponsored by the Friends of Living by the Word Ministries on 99.5 KKLA. Living by the Word does not necessarily reflect the views of KKLA staff, management, or sponsors. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries. This is Daryl Easy D. Fulton with Professor Craig Hawkins. We are the Bible Information Brokers. And, you know, we appreciate um, the commercials that we have, and the only one that we really endorse is the Stephen R. Golden one. Any commercial that you heard before that doesn't necessarily reflect the views of Professor Craig, myself, Brian, or the Bible Information Brokers. But we do appreciate, um, you know, live radio, and we have to do what we have to do. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when you call Steve, let him know that OEZD said, hey, you said you would pray with us and for us. And uh, I talked to him about that. He started uh, chuckling because he knows he will. And so take an opportunity to get a praying lawyer uh, and call Stephen R. Golden's office and let them know that you heard about him from the Bible Information Brokers. PCH, I want to get back to these phone calls momentarily, and I'll give the number out where the people can call in at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, or you can um. Go to our website, send us an email question. I see quite a few of these, and we had some from last week and this week also. I want to make sure we don't uh, replicate them, so I'm looking over them as we uh, speak. And our address that you can go to is simply go to our website, navigate, click the contact us on BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and we'll be able to deal with your email questions at that time. So when you call in at one triple eight LA Talks, I'll just simply uh, get your name, your city, and the question. If you have any biblical references, please have those available so I can take those as well. We're going to go back to the phone calls, PCH, and talk to Kimberly in the city of Los Angeles. Kimberly, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hey, good evening, guys. Um, love your work that you do. Stand in prayer with you. Just love it. I have two questions. One is a question that's not very deeply theological, but I was wondering about um, the origin of pesty things like mosquitoes, fleas, and ticks. I wondered if somehow after creation, after the fall of Adam and Eve, did they develop, did they mutate into these things like thorns coming up, you know, where there, because there was no sense of harm um, before that. And I'll give you my second question. You can get to that one, too. I wanted to know when um, the 12 tribes of Israel are, are named, um, as I understand, Joseph is not named, and I didn't know why. Very interesting questions in the dichotomy and the spread between those two questions. Uh, I was about to say Israel was a, a pest to God a lot after he chose them. But anyway, PCH, go ahead and deal with those questions. Interesting questions. Sure. Thanks, Kimberly, for your kind comments. Uh, there's, a, there's two views. One view on the first one, the pests would be that they don't really exist uh, until after the fall, but the, I think that's a, a problematic thing. Where do they come from? 
I, I think uh, the, I would hold a second view, which would be basically that they're already here, but they're not the pests that they are now. And it is through mutations, it is through the fall, that they become, you know, what we see as a nuisance. So let me give you an example. Think of bees, by the way. Now, of course, I have one son of sticker who's been stung, I don't know how many times, by bees. I don't know what it is. He just seems to attract them. Um, but at any rate, uh, the, you know, bees, but you could say, so bees are pests, but they're not really. Now, there's these certain, you know, killer bees, so-called, that could swarm people and all that. But, you know, the typical bee in the domestic bee in America is vital to pollination, to, to the pollinating of plants and whatnot. So they serve a vital function. And it would appear that really all these so-called pests, or as they are now pests, actually originally served some very good function, but now it's just simply in light of the fall, uh, it's been, um, I'll use the word perverted, it's been distorted, and now indeed, they, you know, they, they sting us, they bite us, and in fact, you know, think of mosquitoes. I mean, almost single-handedly, not quite, but close to it, they carry so many diseases and whatnot that are so devastating, particularly in parts of Asia and whatnot where I go. You know, there's various strains of uh, diseases that the, the, that the mosquitoes carry that are just so deadly. So I would argue, yeah, it is through the corruption of the fall. They're here. They originally served, served a good purpose, and now they're a pain in the neck. <laughs> now, when it comes to the issue of the tribes of, of, of Israel, it is interesting. And, and what basically happens is, is that for a number of reasons, uh, Joseph is really, it goes more by his two sons, his, his first two sons, well, his two sons, Ephraim, Ephraim and Manasseh. Um, so it gets split. Um, and so that's why you see them mentioned, and even sometimes, of course, you don't see Manasseh. You, uh, you'll sometimes hear, you know, the half-tribe, but it's often done more of Ephraim. Um, uh, Manasseh got in really big trouble. Actually, so did Ephraim, but uh, Manasseh even more so. One of the most wicked kings of all time was indeed named Manasseh. So that's why there, just uh, for a number of reasons, uh, the tribe is referred to more by his two sons than it is by his name proper. Okay, so... Is that helpful so, to you, yeah. Kimberly? Yes, yes, okay, that was helpful. Good. I just didn't. It's it just in lieu of Joseph. They represent Joseph, or they. Yeah, didn't. yeah, it's it, exactly. So I think even you look at the list, for example, in Revelation seven, when it talks about this remnant, it's the twelve, the twelve thousand. Excuse me, the hundred and forty-four thousand, twelve thousand from each tribe, and you have Judah, right? Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh. And I know, see, Manasseh is here and not Ephraim. The irony was Manasseh was the greater individual. Uh, than Manasseh, uh, the original Manasseh, but 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 Ephraim, the tribe, committed some real atrocities and almost was completely, if not mm. exterminated, uh, because of they got involved in gross immorality and idolatry. And then you have Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulon, of course. Now here it does list Joseph, and then Benjamin. So, anyways, so there's various lists, but it has to do with uh, how you deal with the two sons of of Joseph, and then the tribes that got in trouble. Dan is another one now. You might say, and I'll just point this out, if you didn't notice, Dan was not mentioned here. Well, no, the reason is Dan was almost exterminated, if not close to it, because Dan was the very northernmost, or went to be, the, became the very more, excuse me, northernmost 
tribe up in the Lakesh area. Uh, but Dan also was involved in incredible wickedness and adultery and was is basically almost, if not literally, exterminated uh, because of their sins. So that's why you have the, the different... What do you deal with Dan? Number one, that's the one you generally find not in the list. And then does it mention Joseph um, and or um, uh, Manasseh or Ephraim? Okay, so you give a good reason for Dan being um, excluded in that, like he, he sinned or something. But Joseph was such an honorable person, and I do you have any? Is that just uh, you, you just deduce that, or do you well, is there a scriptural yeah, reference to uh, actually, exactly say why Joseph yeah. is not named like that? It's that's a that that's a great thing, and of course Joseph is mentioned in this list, but others he's not. And if you just actually go through and look up Joseph and Ephraim and Manasseh, mm-hmm. if you get a, an exhaustive concordance and do that, you will come across the passages that will talk about these incidents. Okay. And so, little homework for you. Just do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you going to enjoy so it. It's not just an inference. It actually literally basically says this, that they get so much trouble. Kimberly, uh, you're going to enjoy that. Uh, trust me, especially with Manasseh and, 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 and the, way, the way his uh, tribe even split up on the uh, east and the west side of the Jordan. It's going to be fun for you. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so I do these, love studying. Yeah, so all of Israel gets in trouble at one time or another. But, <laughs> yes. but the three bad boys in particular are Dan, uh, Manasseh, and Ephraim. Yes, sir. All right, Kimberly, thank you much for your phone thank call. Thank you. Appreciate it. PCH, you know, I was, even I wasn't joking with Kimberly. Uh, it, it's, it's actually, you know, we, we, we tell people about reading the Bible and uh, various things like that. But let me make a quick announcement. I'm sorry, because we dropped a call. Uh, Patrick, if you were calling about Jehovah's Witnesses, please feel free to give a call back. I want to get specifically what your question was. We just want to give. A, a general thing about the Jehovah's Witness. We want specifically your questions. So if you can either email it to us or call back, we appreciate that because the call got dropped. Um, now, PCH, just going back real quickly to the Bible, the reading, the Bible studying, like Kimberly says, she loves to study the Bible. That's a beautiful thing. But, Craig, I would just love for the people just to read. If we can, we get in the habit of doing, I mean, you know, I'm just wondering sometimes that if we were on television, if we had our favorite TV show or our favorite program to listen to, we would do that. I would love for people just to take the opportunity to take. If you give me 20 minutes, folks, if you give me 20 minutes of your time, I can show you how to read through the Bible. And the way I like to read through it is chronologically in one year. And even so, I can even show you how to read through the Bible chronologically and also record your comments on every chapter of the Bible all within 20 minutes. If you're interested in that, go to our website, uh, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and, e- and email me uh, a question. Just simply you know, contact us, email me the question, say, easy, I'm interested in this chronological reading, and I'll get back to you personally and show you how to do that. PCH, let me give the number out again, one la talks one 888-528-2557. You can give us a call right now, or you can, again, go to our website at Bible Info Brokers, send us an email question or a Facebook question by navigating from our website. Listen, you were talking so bad about Dan, I'm going to get, get back on a good Dan. Well, you know, no one's good, no, not one, but we have a Dan here from South Bay. Dan to Dan. How you doing, brother? Hi, I was just going to say, quit picking on Dan, were you? <laughs> you know I'm going to take advantage of that, Greg. You know how I roll with this uh, little click in the mouse. <laughs> so from from the bad boy Dan to a uh, not-so-bad boy Dan, how you doing, brother? No, this is the good Dan. There you go. <laughs> well, actually, it's Daniel. Thank God I'm named after Daniel. Oh, there you go. Disassociation. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I got to do that. Uh, God bless you guys. Thank you for the show thus far. Uh, great show as always. Appreciate that. Um, I want to, on payday, Thursday, uh, I, I'm going to send some money towards the trip, Craig. I wanted 
koinonia or jointly participate with you in that. And, um, the koinonia jointly participate in all good things to where you've got the teaching. And uh, most of my teaching actually comes from this program and my association with you guys. Though I listen to ministers and so forth, the heavy teaching that I get mainly comes from this show. Um, and I know you guys pretty well. And I want to tell everybody out there, they don't get one cent. Every single penny that comes in goes to what they say it goes to. It either goes to, for the radio broadcast, it goes to that. And nobody gets paid. They don't waste any money. Every penny is spent on on just putting putting this program out. And Craig's every dime that goes to him for those people that he's going to go and, and teach in India and and. The other places, all that money goes to where it says it's been going uh, going to. Appreciate so, that, Dan. Thank you, brother. Yep. Uh, hi, Craig. Hey, Dan. Good evening. Uh, and I, I want to also uh, give uh, kudos to the uh, to the screener tonight. It seems like everybody's busy, and you're doing double duty, Daryl. It's, it's, it's what yeah, we have to do. And pray for our brother as well, Brian. You know, he was yes. in a car accident la- la- early this morning. That the, uh, oh, uh, man. A hit and run, drunk driver hit mm-hmm. uh, hit a car, hit a car, hit a car, hit him. So, uh, and then Is he okay? put him into the wall. Yeah, he's okay. A little shaken up, a little sore, uh, some scratches. But for all that happened, um, remarkably good shape. Yes. But still, I remember, uh, Brian, your prayer. Absolutely. Thanks, PCH. Probably be a good thing if we prayed for him before the show's over. Uh, anyway, I wanted to, I'll get to the question. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. um, Jesus says for us to come unto him, all who are heavy burden, I will give you rest. My burden is, uh, light. My yoke is easy. Um, it just came to me that I didn't realize that he may have been talking the gospel there, that, uh, really what it was about was about salvation coming unto him as uh, non-believers, becoming believers, um, that that was the re- the true burden is really about sin, uh, that none of us can carry that, and that he's, that he's here to take it from us. Is it that? And I always thought, I always before thought it was about just the burdens of life that you come unto him and, and cast your cares upon him, but, but was he talking about uh, our sin nature, uh, to come unto him for that, or was he talking about the burdens of life or both well as always that's a great question dan i would argue of course we go to god primarily uh for our sins uh, our imperfections our alienation from god our transgressions of course as you know there's a number of terms or synonyms we could use uh that have separated uh, us from god and actually many times from one another um so that's the main reason but there are the cares of this world. There are times and the effects of sin. The people who, um, I, you know, I think of uh, the church and where I attend the fellowship and the science school class. I'm involved in leadership and teaching, and you know, we go through and we're regularly praying. And one of our dear brothers who teaches with us is very good about going and visiting folks in the hospital. And just a, a number of them or family members have cancer or have a loved one died or at a very young age or what have you. And you know, those, I would argue those, that's a little different, those burdens, because think of it, Christ's burden isn't light if it's sin, because he had no sin. Uh, but there were burdens, as Paul had burdens, the care of the church, their 
Uh, there are burdens of people who are trying to, there are people listening to us right now, you know, who are at work or are going to be up real early in the morning who are working 12, 14, 16 hour days, uh, single parents or uh, both parents work and can't spend time with their kids because they have jobs that don't pay that much and what have you. And so that's not necessarily a sin at all. Sometimes it's because of people's sins, sinful choices they made, but sometimes it has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with how life has gone for them, and it has nothing to do with sin in that sense. And those are incredible burdens that they carry and they bear. And then there are, there are the burdens of one. Uh, so there are financial, emotional, physical burdens, literally from disease or illness, I think of there's people right now trying to take care of their parents who have a, a senility or a dementia. Um, I think of parents listening right now who have a loved one on drugs or something like that, who are uh, wayward, who've run away from home and are living uh, ungodly, uh, dangerous lives. And I know firsthand, or uh, uh, not that my kids have done that, but I mean that from them as my friends, how much it weighs on them. And so I would argue those are the burdens. Casting all your cares upon him, right? First uh, Peter five seven. For he greatly cares for you, all your anxiety. So, yeah, I mean, yes, indeed, Christ relieves us from the burden of sin. But I would argue, actually, in context of these passages, Dan, my understanding would be the burdens here are not the sin that we bear and the burden from it, but it is uh, only in a general sense. But it is the cares of life, uh, such as I just enumerated them. So it is more specifically the burdens of life, not. Yeah, not, exactly. Think of a mother who's trying to, yeah, whose husband's left them, as who's you know, who's left, and now she's left to fend for herself, and or or sometimes it's father. Sometimes uh, let's let's be not be sexist here. Women take off just as much commit adultery today as men do, and so now the the, the faithful father stuck is as a stuck is at home trying to work a job, working many hours, many times, and taking care of the kids. And whatnot. I mean, so there are people listening right now, and our heart goes out to them, who are under incredible hardships, and they are, and they're under hardships because they've done nothing wrong. They actually are the one who's been wronged. They're trying to do things right, and they are suffering. They are laboring under those those burdens. You know, I like, gentlemen. I like from the standpoint of how you know it's almost like a mantra. I do if you're going to be busting or checking someone, check them in a Galatians six one. Uh, way, but at the same time, the next verse six two tells us to carry each other's burdens, and that way we are fulfilling the law of Christ. Um, but yet, you know, be careful because you could be in the same situation the other person is in. So we right. are to bear one another's burdens. So yeah, so so exactly. I was thinking that passage indeed as I was talking, Daryl. So notice there, I'm to help. We're to help bear one another's burdens. Well, I'm not help to bear someone's sin. I'm not to sin right. with them. Right. And then I think of Paul where he talks about you know. Uh, in Corinthians, where he talks about it, the burden of the churches, and by that he means their care, their concern when people go into sin, mm-hmm. when they're doing foolish things or being led astray, how that weighed upon Paul. That wasn't his sin, but it was a burden upon him because of the sins of others. Exactly. Brother Dan, we appreciate your call. Thank you. We appreciate you, brother. Always, Dan, and thank you. you. You know, and I do plan on telling the people I train, you know what, I'm here because of the graciousness yes. of my brothers and sisters in the church in America who make this possible, who are providing uh, for people to do that. You know, think of that. I just, again, we get to teach them, not charge them, of course, and we get to pay for their lodging, for their food, yes. and for many of them, their travel. 
uh, what a great honor. You know, people who literally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post some pictures of my friend Ron Jeet. Now, some things I can't show uh-huh. you because I can't endanger some people's lives. or some people's lives that, we, that I can't put in harm's way. But some of them I clearly can do that. Some of them are not in any immediate danger. And I want to, for example, Brother Ranjit, now we have to be careful. He, he comes out of a Hindu background, and uh, he lives in a Hindu community. There's, there's some Christians, but the bulk of them are Hindus. Um, but I'm going to show, I'm going to, I'm going to take some pictures uh, again of his house, his kitchen. And, and a lot of you are going to freak out, and that's the term I want to use. You're going to go, are you kidding me? This is his, that's, I thought that was his garage or his barn. That's his house? That's his kitchen? I want to see, I want, I want our brothers and sisters to see how many people live um, and what they put up with and, uh, and because of their faithfulness to the gospel, to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to post pictures up, but I want people to know, like you, Dan, you make this happen, you know, with your prayers and as people are able financially. Uh, they're the ones going with me and partnering with me. We're doing this together as a team. This is not a Lone Ranger scenario here. It's not me against Contramundum, Latin, you know, the world. It's no, us together going out to preach the gospel, to equip these guys to share the gospel, and to equip our brothers and sisters to better, indeed, make disciples and preach the gospel to the communities that you and I will never get into. Amen, amen. I'd like to ask the listeners uh, to, to not just pray for your trip over there, but to pray that those brothers are successful and that God multiplies the work over there in India Absolutely. and Myanmar and the rest of them. Pray for those, for those people over there. They're really struggling. For the gospel, yeah, um, and, and, and what yeah, a concept! And, what a and concept! Myanmar has been going through some turmoil again. What's why, what's up with that? Why is there time I go to a country? There's last in Nepal last time. There was a bunch of upheaval, and the people told me you may not even get out of the airport. <laughs> what's up with that? Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. You know what? And I got to tell you, this one, the brother I'm mainly working with on the one part of the leg of this. Uh, Pastor Mung's the main one we work with overall. Pastor Mung actually was used by the Lord to lead Ranjit, who is now himself a pastor and is, and is witness to other people, and they have become pastors and gone through training as well. But Mung, Pastor Mung and Pastor Ranjit were from two tribes that were killing each other mm. not that long ago. I don't mean 50 years ago. I don't mean 100 years ago. I mean 10, 20 years ago. Some of these guys 20 years ago were killing each other. Um, and these two tribes were warring with each other, and Mung uh, was used by God to bring this brother from a warring tribe, a warring faction in their state, to the Lord. And now Ranjit has brought, I can't tell you how many people, the Lord through him, to the Lord, and he's trained pastors, and, and Ranjit does not just stay in India, but he goes into Manipur. They're able to go into Bangladesh and, and Bhutan and other surrounding countries. And, and and share the gospel and uh, continue to train other pastors. So this is, I mean, this is incredible. These guys are all you have a great ministry. We're just going there to even further that. We're not, like, you know, oh, you know, we're not. We're the the recipients of the blessing. These guys mm-hmm. are already doing a great job. We're just going to help facilitate what they're already doing. Amen. But Dan, I appreciate your call, man. Thank you, and thanks Thank you. for the work you do, Craig. Amen. Well, likewise. Thanks for your prayers, brother. Appreciate you, Dan. Love you. Alrighty. Hey, PCH, when you were mentioning that uh, Ranji and his uh, guy was with the factioning uh, tribes, it just remind me so much of when I was in Liberia and uh, communication I still have with the brothers out there. And I actually saw when they had their civil war back in the um, uh, late um, late uh, 90s, I believe it was, and they were going at it uh, neighbor against neighbor. You know, it's like, it's like say, Inglewood going against Hawthorne, as it were, or the gangs out here. And they literally were 
was killing each other. And I had the privilege of meeting a gentleman that um, hooked me up with the vice president out there. And I talked with the vice president out there and he said that these people's family, even like, you know, second and third cousins, you have to choose a side when they had the um, the, the movie Blood Diamond was taken from that, that era and uh-huh, out there with uh-huh. all that situation. Just to look into these young kids' eyes where 10 years ago they were out there killing and uh, killing people and, and their neighbors and who they knew and grew up with. And now you look at their, their lives now, trying to get their lives back together. It was some years ago I was out there. But, Craig, to look in the eyes of someone that went through that those atrocities is almost like a, a lifeless situation, almost like you see these zombie movies, that they need the life of Christ. You know, so not only, uh, but even Liberia being a, a, a sort of a Christian nation, you know, taken after like the sister of uh, the United States. Still, when you go through those atrocities, we have no clue out here in the States, Craig. We have no clue. So when you travel, when I travel, I think we owe it to our, our listeners. We owe it to the body of Christ to whatever degree we can, not for guilt trip's sake, but for information's sake to let them know that the resources that they have, that can give the um, the the concerns that they have should move upon their heart to be able to do whatever the Lord would have them to do. But we need to let them know the real deal, the actual factuals, as they say. Yeah, and we're training these pastors, and I got to tell you, you know, Daryl, there's the caste system, and uh, it's still alive and well, unfortunately, in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, many women who uh, break an arranged marriage, marriages many, by many areas, is still done by their parents. Yes, can have hydrochloric or sulfuric acid. <sighs> thrown in their face. In fact, one of the last time or two I was in India, they're having this major push to help try to end that. Well, in fact, you know you're in trouble when, when one of the main public announcements <laughs> is why you ought to use the bathroom, a public a wow. private bathroom and not, you know, uh, defecate outside. But, um, um, but, but I want to be careful. I'm not trying to brush all Indians with this. But, you know, you'll still, but you have the caste system. And so the um, Dalits are what we call the, the untouchables, and they are often horribly treated. Mm-hmm. And they accept this because I think it's their, their karma. Yeah, their yeah, yeah. We have tribalism, even where Christians don't want to deal with other tribes because they were killing each other. Um, we have where they, they can't marry other tribes sometimes. They, their family will disown them. If they need a pastor, they, they want a pastor, even if he's not qualified, in quotes, from their tribe, or they won't take one. So there's all these issues we deal with um, and have to, to, to deal with. It. But we see the healing that the gospel brings, and you see these guys working together, and not only not killing each other, but actually uh, facilitating each other and working together to share the gospel, to advance the gospel into parts where it's not reached and or it needs to reach much more radically. So, so yeah, there's so many dynamics here. We don't hardly even scratch the surface in talking about this, but there's all types of dynamics that I've not even mentioned, Daryl, that we're dealing with. All right, but look, folks, what we're going to deal with is the questions that come in by your phone calls or your emails. So give us a call at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. 528 Before we go back to the phone calls, Craig, I'm going to give a question from an email question. I don't think we dealt with this last week. And the question is uh, from Melvin. He wants to know, uh, and he, he wants the answer to be simple answer. Let's see if we can make it simple. Could you possibly, or could there possibly be such thing as a gay pastor? And he said he's looking nothing but for a simple answer. Can you accommodate him? Well, it, it is a complex question, but uh, no. There could be someone who struggles with homosexuality, but, but does not give into it, or at least does not live in a habitual lifestyle of that. Um, but no, that's an oxymoron, with all due respect. Um, homosexuality is contrary to nature of the way God made us. He made Adam and Eve. Um, now, there are... I know Christian leaders who struggle with this. So it's one thing for someone to say, look, I have homosexual tendencies. I'm attracted to men, they could say. 
I'm not speaking for myself. I'm talking for you know, right, right. I know people who said, look, I'm attracted to men, but I don't give into it any more than you guys go around and try to have sexual relations with every woman you see. You know, I don't give into that. And certainly people can struggle and sometimes fall into sin, but they don't stay there, right? And so they would argue. Uh, so have there been people who are, oh, do I, do I believe there are people who are really Christians who struggle with homosexuality? Yes. And some are in ministry? Yes. But the ones I'm talking about know it's wrong, and when they give into it, it's sin, and they know it, and they repent. They don't just stay there and go, well, God made me this way, uh, or I'm gay and proud of it, or what have you. And so we're not trying to uh, be disrespectful or mean-spirited, but we're trying to speak what we believe uh, the Word of God teaches. So the simple answer is no. And the reason why I won't even chime in is because he asked for a simple answer. We can get into it uh, a little bit later, and if someone else want to expand it at another time. PCH, let's go back to the phone calls and um, talk to George from Redlands. George, um, thanks for calling in and holding on. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, George. And what's your question for the night, brother? Good. My question is, how important is doctrine? Well, <laughs> let, me, let me say this before you get to the professor and get a more extensive answer. Let's put it this way. I remember a, a gentleman, I was going to, matter of fact, I was going to be talking to, um, hopefully talking to uh, some folks in his congregation who uh, made a comment about doctrine not being important and what doctrine did was screw up the church. And, Craig, remember that uh, situation so many, yeah, many years ago when we had to deal with that? Divide, and yeah, my, my experience, my little oh, pinky. Doctrine unites. But that's not what this particular pastor said, and we won't get into it. Uh, I, I, can, I have no problem telling you the name, but I'm going to let Professor chime in about the um, uh, if doctrine is important to answer your question specifically. Go ahead, PCH. Yeah, and, and uh, it's a phenomenal question. I'll send you money for asking such a question. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> it's so vital. So what does Paul tell us? What are we told uh, about doctrine and its value and its import and its importance. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because my Bible's in it. If anyone knows it, see, it's about in 25 pieces, and I had to just find First Timothy. It's out of order. Sorry. What page is uh, it on again? <laughs> uh, so here's Paul, uh, second to last epistle that he wrote in his life, and what does he tell us? He's talking to the younger pastor Timothy, who was uh, mentored by Paul. And he says, and I could do no better than this, and then explain it, First uh, Timothy 4, 15 and 16. First Timothy 4, 15 and 16. He tells them to be diligent in these matters. In other words, you know, studious, uh, be attentive, put, you know, put your energy into all the things he's just said about teaching and preaching, doing the right thing, right? Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. You know, don't neg neglect the gift that was given to you when I was laying on of, uh, the hands of the elders. So again, verse 15 of 1 Timothy 4, Be diligent in these matters. Give yourselves wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Now notice, command, imperative, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Why? Because you will be Bible uh, doctrine trivia master of Asia Minor? No, because you mm -hmm. will save both yourself and your hearers. Paul right. says it's a matter of salvation. The Greek word is didaskalia, for teaching. Paul, here and elsewhere, says these are of eternal importance. Doctrine is not some hair-splitting, uh, schismatic size, but it is a matter oh, no. of life and death. It's a matter Absolutely. of believing the truth or not. That's why Christ says, if you do not believe that I am, in John 8:24, what does he say? You shall die in your sins. Getting who Jesus mm -hmm. is is a matter of 
of ultimate importance. And so people say things like, oh, doctrine doesn't matter, whatnot. They do not know what they're talking about biblically. By the way, there's a great article. So I quoted Paul, first and foremost, the scripture. And then J.I. Packer, there's a book called Elwell's Evangelical Dictionary of Theology, E-L-W-E-L-L, Elwell, even, even Elwell's possessive, Evangelical Dictionary of Theology. There's an article in there on faith and written by J.I. Packer, a great theologian, and he talks about the importance of the content of the faith. It's not just faith, believing, the verb, but it is the faith, as we're told, for example, in the Jude, the faith once for all delivered unto the saints. There's a content to it. And if you monkey mm-hmm. with the content, if you change the content, you have corrupted the faith and you are in, a, in grave danger right. that, of eternal That's why we uh, really stick to sola scriptura and sola fide. That's right. This isn't some man-made thing. You're absolutely right. That's why well, if there is a God and God has spoken, uh, we don't need to mess with it. We can't improve it. I mean, I get the idea. We think... You know, we think with Madison Avenue, we can always do a, you know, build a better, um, you know, what, trap, if you will, mouse trap or whatever. Right. But that's not it. If there is a God and He has spoken, and He says, well, I, I actually quoted this last week. It was from Deuteronomy 32, I believe, verse 46. Moses tells Joshua and all of Israel, "Pay close attention to you to uh, you know, what they are life. They're a matter of life and death, and so we are not to play with them. We are not to alter them." Our job is to be faithful. It goes back to Jerry's question earlier about Romans chapter 1, the apostolic faith by the apostles entrusted to us, the faith once for all delivered unto the saints, as Jude says in verse 3. We are entrusted with this, and we are to be faithful to it. Doctrine is a matter of a life and death. Right. The apostles' creed. Now, Steve, you mentioned, you mentioned two words, uh, Professor. I don't want you and Steve to just talk between yourself, but we have a whole listening audience listening out there, and you mentioned solo and then solo again. Can you please, Professor, um, uh, explain the, what Steve said in regards well, sure, to solo fide? Sure, I mean, there was the five solas that were, were the anthem of, of the reformers, of Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, Knox, and company, mm-hmm. right? We're about to celebrate the 500th anniversary, and they were sola de gloria, to God alone the glory, solus Christus. It just, the sola, the ending changes whether it's, it's dative, you know, nominative, accusative, what It's only... Yeah, but it, well, it means, yeah, only right. Then there's solus Christus. Then in any order, there's sola fide, sola gratia. Only Christ, sola only scriptura. faith. Yeah. Grace alone, faith alone. And, only and by scripture alone, they didn't necessarily mean that they never used reason or tradition or a magisterium, but those things were subservient to the Word of God, the Word of the, God. The, the thing with that is just that uh, people rely on dreams and also revelations, and that's where we get all the... Uh, Big doctrines and teachings. Well, it's one place. It's not the only place. It's one oh, thing. One. We, we get it from the, the idle factory of our mind. So people who are in uh, emotionalism and the dreams and visions, falsely, that is, um, will come mm-hmm. out with stuff. But the people who are, who are intellectuals will come out with their own nonsense. Schleiermacher, the father of, of liberalism, There's, the list is endless of people who have their quote-unquote new improved versions of the gospel. But we want to be faithful yeah. to the faith once for all delivered unto the saints. Amen and amen. Yeah. Hey, George, that's an excellent question. Yeah. We appreciate your phone call, brother. Well, thank you, brothers. I right. appreciate that work. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank you very much. Keep us in your prayers, brother. 
you know, folks, just like George, you can call in. Even now, we have like we in the last quarter, Craig. I can't believe the show is almost over. We're in the last quarter, about mm-hmm. 15 minutes left or so. So I want to give the people an opportunity uh, to participate in the broadcast. What we have left, just call one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, or go to our website for email question at bibleinfobrokers.com. PCH, before we do, let me put another appeal out, and I'm going to ask that you, um, you know, I'm going to ask that you put the appeal out to, uh, for the folks to give not only to the radio broadcast and ongoing work of all the Bible information brokers through Living by the Word Ministries, but also to let them know about how they can participate in what you're going to be doing. And I want to let, then I'll give the address and everything, how the people can give, and they can go to our website. But please, uh, make that plea for me, please. Yeah, Daryl, we do have people to partner with us. Um, you know, we uh, we take this calling very serious, the, the challenge we've been given, the ministry that God's entrusted to us to give answers, reasons for faith, to teach the Word, to be try to be faithful to God's Word, to God through His Word. And we want you to know, we say this, and we're not trying to brag. We're just telling the truth. We don't get a salary from doing this. And we're not knocking people who do. That's not the point of this. But we're telling you that your money, 100% of it, is going to uh, the work of this ministry, of the radio time, production expenses, uh, to pay somebody to put it up on our website as a podcast. That's where your funds go. It enables us to literally talk to thousands of people at a time through this broadcast and through the rebroadcast of it in the podcast. Uh, you help us do that, uh, to share the gospel, to build up Christians in their faith, to give answers, reasons for faith, as we're commanded to, for example, in First Peter 3.15, uh, to train people around the world. We, uh, we are given an incredible privilege. In fact, as Daryl mentioned, uh, I'm going to be going, leaving October 1st, I'll be going to India, where we'll be training pastors. We've been doing this for four years, and Christian leaders. Um, giving them some of them an education and training that they've never had. Now, some of them have masters, but they still need more experience. They might come from a Hindu background, but they don't understand Buddhist in their community, and so they need they need to help in sharing with Buddhists and understanding Buddhism, for example. And so, by the way, it'd be good enough if they were just from India. What, 1.2, 3, 4 billion people? That's not too shabby. But but besides that, we have people coming from Bhutan, from me, from Myanmar, from Bangladesh, from Nepal to be trained. We're training leaders who speak, to, I've not met anybody who speaks less than three or four languages, and Ranjit in particular speaks ten. Um, and they go and they go to parts that are just inaccessible to us. We can't get in because of the color of our skin and the, the language barrier and whatnot, and they do an incredible job. And so I will be involved with my other uh, colleagues to help training pastors and Christian leaders in uh, India, but also I have the privilege this time of, of uh, Myanmar, of, of around 25 or more pastors uh, coming from Myanmar and training them uh, so they can be further equipped. If you don't know, Myanmar is an officially Buddhist nation, but it's really run by a military junta. Uh, there, there's a prime minister, but she's been under house arrest, and there's always problems and issues and whatnot. And there's certain places you can't, uh, the Western can't go in Myanmar. Um, you're not allowed to go. In some places, uh, they tell you, you're on your own. There's no protection. <laughs> we will not protect you. They told there's four areas, and two of them, you're on your own. We, we do not take care of you. Uh, but, but the point is, but we have pastors who go into these areas and the Christian leaders who are sharing the gospel. And we're training them, and you can be a part of that. 
with your prayerful support of this broadcast and of this training that I'll be doing uh, coming up. First, leaving, flying two days, traveling, if you will, to get there. Um, and, and, and or you can support that as well. So through your prayers and your financial support, you make this ministry happen. This is not a Lone Ranger effort. This is not just us doing this. This is us, we, doing this together, partnering together to take the gospel literally to the uttermost parts of the ends of the earth. Literally. You know, you've heard these studies of the unreached people groups. Well, that's where we're going. And many of them are the unreached people groups. And they are the pastors going into these areas. Some of them, there literally are hardly any roads that are passed to some of these places. Now, some of the places I go, there's 100 million people or, <laughs> or more, you know, and down Delhi, New Delhi and all that. But I've been to parts of India where literally it's dirt, gravel roads. People live in huts. And some of them still wear um, G-strings, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I exaggerate not. Um, at any rate, you are helping us to do this. Your partnership, by your, I'll tell you how you can do that. You're making this happen. We want to say thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, we do this together with you. Uh, that's our partnership we have, and we want to thank you for that. And we look forward for, to some of you joining us for the first time and doing just that. Daryl, how can they do this? Hey, Greg, real simple. They can simply go to our website if they have access to the Internet right now, even as we speak, and then go to P- um the website at BibleInfoBrokers.com, a uh, simple one-page, um, one-page, you just fill it out. It's not a one-page document, but just simply a one-page where they can simply do all the information right there, navigate, give a, give a one-time gift, give a recurring gift. But you can even specifically state on there, there's a little place where you can put a notation for PCHs or for India trip and just anything like that, we'll know the distinction. And uh, if, if you want to even split it, you can do that. You can say, hey, half go to the, the radio ministry, half go to the website and all that kind of stuff for the ongoing work of the ministry. And also the other half goes to uh, PCH for his trip. And you, if you send uh, checks in or money orders in, I'll give you the uh, post box office. Some people send us the old post box office and either kicking back and we're not getting there to redo it. So let me give you the, the new post box office number for the last four months or so. And that's PO Box 4. And I'm there. I go again, correction, P.O. Box 90477, P.O. Box 90477, and that's in Los Angeles, 90009, just a nine in the beginning, a nine at the end, a bunch of zeros in the middle. I'll do it again. Write the check out to LBTW slash BIB, and then P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, 90009. In the memo section of your check on your money order, just simply put, if it's for the um, trip that the professor has taken, put PCH or India, or if you want to split it, just do the same thing. You can do a half and half, whatever you, whatever you choose to do. We thank you in advance for doing so. So please, folks, if you do it by way of Internet, we actually get it uh, right away. It'll show up and everything. We can uh, go from there. And every bit, every dollar, like Craig says, going to uh, the ministry or is going to to the work that Craig is doing with the uh, teaching of the, the pastors out there to go out and vicariously, you are participating. And like Craig said, we're looking forward to those pictures futuristically, the ones that he can send so that you can know and see and put a, a face to not only your prayers, but where your giving is going. We thank you in advance for that. So, folks, listen, we only have about uh, about 15 minutes, Greg, left, literally. Mm-hmm. And so let me um, give the number out once again. And then uh, uh, you already gave the website address. So you can send an email question. We have a few of those to deal with as well if we have time. But you can go to one trip. Uh, you can dial one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight. 2557 our Bible Info Brokers is our website. Send us a question by way of email or you can navigate to our Facebook page. Let's go back to the phone calls, PCH, and talk to Steve from the city of Costa Mesa. Steve, thanks for holding on and calling in. 
Steve, are you there? Hello, Steve. Okay, I don't, uh, Steve, I'm going to give Steve another chance uh, to come back up. But, um, Craig, I do have a, let me bring up the other question that, uh, not a question, but actually a statement. And the statement I'm going to make is, uh, folks, listen, I had an opportunity, and this is Craig mentioned to Walter Martin, his mentor. And uh, like you said, we were dealing with apostolic succession, and you're dealing with how your um, particular um, spiritual journey has happened and where we are right now. But you mentioned Walter Martin, and uh, we're familiar with Walter Martin. Matter of fact, I always like to brag and say I have the last picture of his public appearance. I think I showed that to you, and I think it's correct. I think I verified that, Craig, and it's going to be mine forever. No one's going to get it. But I may scan it. But anyway, I read, I listened to a tape on Walter, and it was called Errors of Positive Confession. Why did I listen to that tape? Well, folks, there's a lot of things going on, especially in the Los Angeles area where uh, ministries have ministers that go through some various things. I'm not going to get into it now. But I want you, our listening audience, to keep um, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter if you agree with their doctrine or not. Lift them up, lift up, lift up every ministry that would be going through things. You hear about the news and you hear about things that are not necessarily all the way understood. And you should keep all of us in the prayers because like I read, I talked about, alluded to Craig in Galatians 6.1, talks about be careful when you do uh, go to someone who is in, in sin. You should go to them. You should deal with those sin issues. But you should do it in a spirit of gentleness, recognizing that except by the grace of God, there go you the next time. And that's how a way, that's a very important way that we bear one of those burdens as we talked about with Dan. But this, uh, this particular um, tape, uh, it's only an hour and like 15 minutes, and it's called Errors of Positive Confession. Uh, PCs, I don't know if you listened to it many years ago or not, but I'm only giving the people this one this week. And next week I'll give you the one I would suggest that you listen to that was done 10 years later because it's so appropriate now. And I just ask that you keep me in your prayers as I approach a, a ministry I used to be involved with years ago um, in the Word Faith uh, movement after I came out of Science of Mind that I'm going to suggest that anybody and everybody who knows friends or family are, are just people that's in the word faith movement, no matter what particular uh, denomination they belong to, no matter what state they're in, no matter what country they're in, to listen to this tape. It's only one hour and 13 minutes long. You can do it on YouTube. It's called Errors of Positive Confession by Dr. Walter Martin. And a professor, when they listen to that, Walter did such a fine job as he always do, but you know, <laughs> that man had a heck of a personality, man. I love his personality because you know how quick-witted he was in regards to dealing with issues straight up, but in such a loving and direct way. That's what I so much appreciate about his teaching, Professor. I'm sure you did as well. So, folks, take an opportunity to do that. Errors of Positive Confession, you can uh, get it on YouTube. So, PCH, I'm going to give um, Steve another chance to come back on the air. He had a question. It'll probably be our last caller of the day because I have an email question to deal with and something else I want us to uh, be able to talk about. But, Steve, from Costa Mesa, are you there? Okay, Steve, uh, I gave you a shot. This is not baseball, but I gave you two shots. I'm going to let Steve go. But Steve's question, uh, uh, Professor, was, are you familiar with a gentleman by the name of Michael Barch, B-A-U-R-C-H, if I'm pronouncing his name right? One more time, Daryl. Michael Barch, B-A-U-R-C-H, I believe it's spelled. No. Okay. Neither, neither am I. And so, um, Steve, if you could send us an email uh, question on that and kind of get the spelling and everything right. If I didn't spell it right, we appreciate that. But PCH, listen, we have um, a gentleman called and asked earlier about the importance of doctrine. I want to expand that. Now, and I'm not going to even give the number out any, 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 anymore because this is going to take us to the close of the broadcast. 
And I want us to um, expound, Craig, if, if you would be so kind, on the, well, this is what I see. You can tell me if you agree with me or not. I see an epidemic in the negative sense, an epidemic uh, of the, of the in, anemic way we know the word of God as the average Christian is out there. The church-going Christian today seems like they want to believe anything and everything that the preacher is talking about right from the pulpit without being, as, as the Bible talks about, being a good Berean who checked to see if the things that uh, were being taught to them were so by checking the scriptures themselves. PCS, can you, can, from a professor's standpoint, not just that you, you, know, you, you, know, you teach lawyers and you teach other folks and you've been in academia for countless years, can you let the, the, the average just run in the mill, and I hate to use that expression, but your, your average Christian, can you please emphasize to them, because I'm going to come back and just give my little, my little spill, but can you please emphasize to them, Craig, the importance of knowing what you believe and why you believe it, not on a Ph.D. level per se, but on a level whereby you can explain it not only to your children, relatives, friends, and family, but as you live your life, how important it is to take the word of God in its proper context and live it out. Take the words off the page and live it in your life, a.k.a. living by the word. Well, you know, sure, Daryl, there's a number of passages I would share, but I would just say, you know, contemporary and common sense examples. You know, if you don't understand finances, if you don't know how to save money, if you would invest in something you don't understand, you could lose your, all your savings. You could lose all your money. I know people who literally, through bad investments and or being ripped off, lost everything, all their savings, Daryl. Uh, could you imagine messing around with a car or even even trying to do your own electrical work at home and you don't know what you're doing? You can electrocute yourself, literally die. Um, so in, in every area of life, you know, knowledge, not mere knowledge, not only knowledge, but as a necessary but not sufficient condition is necessary to do things well, to not get hurt, let alone to get to die. Um, there used to be a program called The Thousand and One Ways to Die, and sometimes people died doing some pretty dumb things, Daryl, um, because they didn't apply knowledge that they should have. And yet God tells us that, 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 this, that His Word is vital. It is absolutely necessary to our spiritual health and well-being. The church has historically referred to what they call the means of grace. And these are items, if you will, because I can call them things, that help us grow, not to survive, but to thrive as believers. And they would include uh, communion, literally uh, the Eucharist, if you will, fellowship with one another, a prayer life, and the Word of God. And so I think of the power of the Word of God. You know, God tells us very clear. I think of, for example, when God says that he fed Israel manna in the desert, in chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, he talks about this. It said, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you what? That man, that a person does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this isn't hyperbole. This isn't just some figure of speech. I believe this is literally the case, because later on, not just in Deuteronomy 8, 3, and 4, but later on in Deuteronomy 32, uh, God, again, speaking through Moses, his final word says, Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day, so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. You, they are not just idle words for you. They are your life. And so over and over again, we're told about the power of the word of God, and we're not to add to it, right? Deuteronomy 24. 
we're not to take away from it. Uh, in uh, Proverbs 28, uh, we're told not to add or take away. And I can really do no better, Daryl, um, I mean, among the many passages. Notice in two final passages, for time's sake, notice in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4, even Jesus himself, when, he's, he, when he is uh, being tempted by the devil, by the evil one, even Jesus himself, what did he do? Quote, great thinkers, motivational speakers, philosophers, ethicists, uh, rabbis. No, he quotes the word of God, right? He quotes, gegraptai in Greek, it yes. is written. In other words, it was written, it is written, it stands written in the perfect tense. He quotes the Word of God in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. And finally, of the many passages I could cite, you know, Jesus says, of course, heaven and earth shall pass away, my word shall never fail, not one jot or tittle shall pass till all be fulfilled. Uh, so I love those dear passages, but again, one of my favorite is found in 1 John, as I'm turning there right now, chapter 2, when John gives us this list of, of believers and he tells us some key things, if I could share this with you. I'll read it in English, but it's much stronger in Greek. But it will read in English and in First John 2, starting verse 12. John, the apostle of love, uh, the, the disciple of the Lord loved, who leaned upon the bosom of Jesus at the Last Supper table. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And then his final salvo on this, on this line of reasoning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, mm. and you have overcome the evil one. Now, in the Greek, it's stronger. It's not, and the word, well, you're strong, oh, and the word of God lives in you, like, incidentally. It is, you are strong because yes, yes, yes. the Word of God lives in you. They're strong because they fed upon the Word of God. I, I, I know it sounds corny, but I think of the old cartoon years ago, Popeye. Mm -hmm. Popeye would get in trouble with Brutus or whomever. Mm -hmm. He would take the spinach and he'd become muscle man and have this incredible strength. Well, not fictionally, but literally, the Christian is strong. They thrive, they grow, they mature. They grow muscles, endurance, stamina, through the Word of God. This isn't some paper pope. This isn't some idol. These are the living words of the true and living God. They are powerful. They are God-breathed. Theopneustos. All Scripture is God-breathed. Yes. Theopneustos in Greek. And we are to know it and to live it and to apply it. And as we do, we will experience the power of God in our lives to transform us and those around us. PCH, I really appreciate that. And I'll just, I'll just close like this and tell the people to know that, Craig, back in 96 or so when we were deciding to start this ministry, Living by the Word, I had the privilege and opportunity to actually name it and uh, co-name it with a guy. We were struggling with the words. And I said, well, well we you know we're always talking about the Word of God, how important it is. And it's, it, that's at the time when we heard about that doctrine uh, is what's the worst thing that happened to the church by one of the <laughs> preachers. You know, and then, so the privilege of naming Living by the Word Ministries. I like to emphasize ministries, even though the emphasis is upon the Word of God, is because people have various spiritual gifts, Craig. People have various tasks, like the task you're going out in India to do. People have various calls in their life to be more specific in their, in their ministry. And by knowing what the Word of God says, folks, your life will never be the same. You're talking about spinach. You're talking about taking a one-a-day vitamin. You're talking about doing something, getting your daily cup of coffee. Folks, you need to get a daily, daily devotional prayer and reading of the Word devotional prayer 
and reading of the word. 20 minutes, I can get you through the whole Bible chronologically. If you give me two hours of your life that you can dedicate like a movie to the Lord, you can revolutionize not only your life, but leave a lasting legacy if you're a parent to your family. So on behalf of the Bible Information Brokers, we just ask that you live by the word because it is a noble thing to do, but how are you going to do it unless you get into it? PCH, I want to thank you. Andy, superb job engineering. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy, yes. And on behalf of our good friend Brian, Mama Rose's young son, please pray for him. And pray that Lord bring us back next week with more of the Bible Information Brokers. God bless.